Hello, it's Pete here, and welcome to AdTech Innovators. I've had a really exciting day today. Well, I should have done. I should have presented at the Adulan conference in Mallorca. Kind of did, but virtually. I should have presented at the e-assessment conference in London, which I did, but virtually. Both are great, though. Anyway, we have two very exciting guests this week. first guest is Michel Jarka. Wait till you hear what he's got to say about HitLab and the music industry. And the second is Sam Mir, who's helped create a book that's been crowdsourced and is called Rethinking the Rainbow. HitLab is an AI uh, company based exclusively on music analysis. What we have created is a patented technologies which analyzes both songs and uh, voices. Our uh, song analysis technology is called DNA and it is based on 84 different parameters which take a song and break it down through our mathematical analysis and give it not only a score but also comparables to songs which have made it on American charts right so far in the top 20 for, the, for over 10 years. Wow. We are now expanding that to also possibilities of uh, comparables because you know, our system is totally agnostic to languages or to genre of music. So we're uh, gradually adding charts in almost every potential language this way we can analyze uh, Spanish or French or German or Chinese or Japanese, not only against American top 20 songs, but also top 20 songs in their own language as well. Mm-hmm. So that's our DNA. We also, at the same time, created another technology called Can You Sing, which basically just analyzes a voice uh, also with multiple par- uh, uh, parameters and with comparables to voices rather than songs. Mm. And then we have the further possibility of mix and matching great songs to great voices. And not only mix and match, but also uh, allow people who upload their song into our system to give them a full report on how they could improve and you know what lacks or sometimes just by moving uh, you know some section or adding more bass or this how will it it will influence their overall scoring and also how it will influence against similar songs for example recently we were submitted a, a typical uh, south american song and when it came out, not only the score, but the comparables, it said, you know, your song, if sang in a different pitch, could be a top five country and Western song. <laughs> the original, you know, authors and uh, never thought that, you know, their song could actually cross over to other genres of music. But since we're totally, you know, and strictly mathematical uh, analysis and not emotion, it showed that it had all that 
amazing potential uh, of doing so. This is so so, so that's in a nutshell what at least two of our uh, patent technologies are because HitLab has a full ecosystem of not only uh, music analysis, but also uh, everything that goes around and uh, helps out uh, in the music world, uh, you know, for uh, payments uh, and uh, security and so forth, and mm. copyright infringement, for example. Right. So HitLab can help um, can help identify copyright infringement. Okay. Since our analysis will analyze every single part of a song and then put it against similars. It can say, well, you know, one section of this is identical to an existing song. Mm. Uh, strictly, you know, uh, by its digital imprint and which makes it easier than, or you know, more likely against any uh, emotional uh, statement saying, oh, you copied my song. Mm. There it's you know, totally analytical analysis without anything else but based on parameters which will judge every little item of the song. Wow. Well, I, I, I always like to ask a difficult question, Michelle. So here's my jingle for my difficult question. <laughs> so my difficult question is, do you have a good lawyer? <laughs> because uh, we have plenty of those uh, and yeah. we, we, we work with copyright societies uh, because you know, we provide a service uh, a service like I said earlier both for B2B uh, you know for business or for a consumer it's, it, you know we want to test their songs and make sure that uh, their original material is definitely original yeah, and these these lawyers and um, are they good enough to understand the the different laws across different countries in terms of uh, intellectual property? Oh yes, yes, that's good. Yes, we you know we make sure that's why you know our, our technology is patented uh, in order to make sure that it's you know it actually relates to every possible uh, country and uh, legal aspect of it. You know, I, I personally. I've been a music publisher for uh, you know close to thirty years. Mm. Uh, you know, I was on the copyright uh, law association for many years, even though I'm not a lawyer. But you know, it, you know, we have to understand that how to protect uh, copyright owners, uh, mm. and our system will allow that by helping it. Uh, you know, making sure it's it's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about the more um, fun elements of, of HitLab? Because uh, I suspect, not just because I'm a music geek, but I suspect there are many, many fun things that you can do with this in terms of, uh, for, for, sorry, for example, identifying different patterns in music and similarities and differences and so on. Oh, yes, we do have, a, let's say we have more of the fun parts than the actual just you know, analysis. Uh, we co-created a, a TV show which was to be launched at uh, MIP this year, but you know, uh, because of COVID, uh, MIP didn't happen. Then it was supposed to be at me then, that didn't happen. I, it's, it, it's basically a show that you know, I would, you know, in a fun way, call The Voice, American Dance, uh, American uh, Idol, or X Factor 2025, for example, because 
all these songs will be analyzed through our system rather than just depend on human factor and also will allow uh, people to con be contestants from wherever they are so no more need of uh, you know geolocalized tv shows or uh, you know diminish the potential quantity of contestants mm. since everyone will be allowed to do it just you know, uploading their songs into their smartphones or tablets it opens uh, that to to the total world you know it's a full now it becomes totally democratic whoever you are wherever you are you can have a chance mm. uh, so that's you know uh, the tv show that uh, we co-created and we're about to launch within in the next uh, two weeks an emerging artist showcase slash competition mm. on a worldwide basis mm. you know uh, on every well on the all continents which again will allow anybody to you know get a chance to test his or her song mm. uh, and the timeline will be you know structured that the first two months they'll be able to just upload it on their uh, smartphones the next will go through streaming radio then conventional radio then streaming tv conventional tv virtual showcase and the ultimate will be like a brick and mortar show mm. and possibility of the uh, let's say the best of the best to be in the tv show itself mm. wonderful uh th this is fantastic i could talk for that all day about this it, 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 this is so cool it really is um now do you now i'm not an ai expert um but is it a way that you could talk about uh, what you understand about the way that your ai works and in, in, in a way that people would understand well our ai works simply you know when we when hitler was created the uh, founder uh, visited several uh, major universities especially in europe uh, in all areas of um, sound analysis or signal analysis and so forth and he came upon uh, initially at the university of lyon in france uh, a group of uh, professors who were actually just doing that, analyzing songs. Mm. Our uh, founder is a very much a visionary, he, and he did, you know, what the uh, former owner, I don't know if you remember the ad for Remington, he said, you know, I liked it so much that I bought it. <laughs> so our uh, yeah, I'm not founder and owner, you know, liked what he saw, what he heard, Which and bought the whole thing. Uh, and then he, he wanted to make sure it worked again. It was you know, perfect. Then he, he visited other universities, and uh, and it came and it was incredible that you know everything wherever it came from, music can be analyzed because every type of music is really based on eighty-four parameters. You know, there's so very few notes itself, but you know the general parameters it came up to 84 hmm. so our team and we have you know like phds in all sorts of areas uh, you know in tech and signal analysis and uh, audio and uh, you know, 
make sure it works and they continue uh, on a daily basis to update and upgrade and you know, non-stop. And now that's what the DNA is or Can You Sing or Fan Lab or any of our other tech does. Uh, and it does it, you know, I could send you a link and you could test run your own songs and see how in a few seconds you get a result and uh, you know, regardless of the type of song. Please do. And hopefully it'll tell me that I've got a country and Western hit on my hands as well. <laughs> which, okay. Which would be a strange thing, as you can imagine. Yeah, you know, it's, it's perfect. Absolutely. You know, so the hardest, uh, at the beginning, the hardest type of songs to be analyzed were rap. Right. Because, you know, rap, at, you know, in, especially at the early stage of rap, there was all, always the talking part. So that had to be broken down into as if it was musical notes. Right. That's why we do not analyze lyrics. You know, lyrics just become one of the elements as a sound. Mm. So now, now we can analyze any, any language, any type of music. So that was uh, you know, upgraded through the years to make sure that we could basically do everything. Mm. I suppose with rap, you've got multiple samples too, haven't you? Which is, I suppose, is a very difficult um, variable or set of variables. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, well, we have a, what we call the hit lab community itself as a close to over 100,000 songs that were ingested into the system to continuously, which is continuously updated and upgraded to make sure that, uh, you know, any new type of sounds, uh, you know, whether it's generated by a real instrument or through an electronic instrument can actually be ingested and analyzed. Mm, wow. Okay. Wow. So this is, do you ever um, do the same for classical music then? Oh, any type of music. Okay. Oh. We just analyze the lyrical uh, singer and, uh, you know, we, we got the same thing as if we were doing a pop song. Hmm. Okay. It, it analyzes the, you know, the, the overall song. Yeah. One other thing we did recently, uh, the head of our publishing division, who's a major music composer, created a song, uh, which hopefully will become more or less like a COVID anthem. Hmm. And we said, okay, let's test it and have, you know, uh, 20 different artists sing the song in their own language and in their own genre. Mm -hmm. So we have now the same, we have it, I think now by, in about 14 languages. Wow. Ranging from uh, pop to rap, to jazz, to mm -hmm. lyrics, to lyrical, <laughs> and in every uh, areas. And we're about to launch it uh, within the next few days. Mm. And that, that's a, a really exciting thing, isn't it? The, the, the idea of crowdsourced music and that actually works is, is, is a game changer, isn't it? Oh, yes. I, I, I agree. With yeah, your of course, you know, if you make great music on a global basis with uh, many, many yeah. people who will never meet each other. But yes. um, the only thing we don't do, and that's not you know, in the uh, foreseeable future, we will not yet, you know, people are asking us, can you actually create music using your AI? Mm. That's not, you know, uh, that's not what we do. You know, okay. we still, uh, we're a very strong believer that, you know, that the creativity 
has to be human, yeah. not AI. <laughs> yeah, so it's possible, but, but you, you don't do it. Oh, it is possible. Mm. It is possible. Yeah, but um, and I'd imagine it's been possible for many years, in fact. Yes, uh, oh yes, definitely. Mm. But, but, you know, but we don't want it's that. not something that, you know, we push our tech people to do, you know. No, we're there as a service to, to the real creators. Absolutely. Wonderful. So th this, this has been so good. And um, what, what, what's on the horizon for you then? What, what's the next thing that you, you're planning to do? Is, is it, what do you want to focus on the most? Well, the Emerging Artist uh, Showcase, the TV shows. Uh, and then also we're looking at uh, how to help brands, uh, especially you know, advertisers, to make sure that you know, the message they have, because they're, you know, most advertising agencies are really excellent at creating a message and defining demographics. But very often when it comes to choosing the music that will come along the message and the dem demographics, that does not automatically fit. So I think our next step, and it's in the works already, is actually analyzing the message, getting the demographics intended, and helping find the right music to fit that advertising. I see. So, so for example, if I'm listening to music on Spotify and, and I, I haven't upgraded to premium, so I have to listen to ads, it's that kind of thing, is it really? Just finding the right ads to, um, to, you know, to augment my playlist, to make my playlist better. Yes, exactly. And also exactly what you just said. Uh, we want to also, you know, someone says, you know, oh, I love a Rolling Stone song, a specific. Mm -hmm. Can you create a playlist of similar to that song? Mm -hmm. So we can do that. You know, uh, our, our system will analyze the song that you like mm -hmm. and through the data that we have already gathered you will come up with your own specific playlist according to your own taste mm, okay and it's collaborative filtering is that what that's called well we just call it you know playlisting analysis ah okay fantastic all right yeah so um well one, one more thing really um in, in the world of music, I mean, what, you've, you've been in the music industry for many years, of course, but, uh, but what, what do you feel is getting better and, and less good about the music industry? Well, yes, I've been in the music business a long time, especially I started uh, with disco. Mm -hmm. Then I, I evolved from uh, disco music to film, TV, because, you know, I, I have been, my core personal business is producing TV and film and animation. But I think today, because of the, uh, you know, instantaneous artist, we're somewhat lacking the uh, talent which lasts decades. Mm. It seems that some artists are one hit wonders mm -hmm. and very, very quickly disappear. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, is sad in a way, but also allows people a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, it was much harder to become an established artist before, especially, you know, you had to have, uh, find a label, find this, find that today, uh, you can become an artist uh, just by uh, uploading your song on 
a multitude of, uh, you know, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, and so forth, mm. and, and get all, you know, like, uh, streaming results. Yeah. So, but yeah. that does not make you, you know, a long-term artist. Yeah, and, and um, isn't, isn't the argument against that, that um, as you can survive as an artist in a very sort of organic way, you know, you, 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 you have a, a mailing list of your fan base and you communicate with them and they download you, load your music and go and see your shows and, and, uh, and that means that you're making a living from, from your fan base. I mean, it's not millions, but it's, it's a living, which is more than... Exactly. Oh, no, I agree. I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. You know? yeah. but you know, that's, that's nice. That's a, a you know, really positive thing, isn't it? Yeah. I don't see, you know, in the last maybe five years a new Elton John for example yeah. I don't think nobody has you know popped us that or anywhere in the world you know or any language uh, we've had you know you know someone's was one two three hits mm -hmm. but you know a career I don't know yet, you know yeah absolutely are you a fan of disco yes yeah good um, yeah. I had the great privilege of, of um, seeing Nile Rogers live a few months ago, yeah, when 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 gigs existed, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, you know, without you know stating my age, you know, I was very lucky during disco to meet people like Niles Rogers, oh, wow. to work with uh, people like James Brown, and I don't know if today there's so many people I would be so eager to meet and talk to. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I can. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yes, but because I suppose I, I saw James Brown once as well, and yeah. um, because they were so larger than life, weren't they? And mm -hmm. um, I think maybe maybe I'm getting old and uh, too, and maybe music stars are a bit too ordinary now. They're a bit too like yeah. us. Yeah. You know, still today, I would rather meet Quincy Jones than any of the much younger uh, superstars. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. He'd rather um, spend some time sitting at his desk and listen to how he does things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, that reminds me, you know, we were, well, someone from our company was sitting in a studio uh, with a, you know, major Motown producer. And we were explaining him that you know, our AI could actually analyze songs. And, you know, he says, well, AI analyzing songs, you know, I'm a major producer. So we said, okay, you want to test it. So he tested what he was actually producing on that day. Mm -hmm. And the uh, comparables of the top 10 that came out, four were his own songs. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I see I cannot really make my, you know, better myself than what I actually did. So. He thought, well, okay, uh, let me try to do, you know, something a little more new. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. That really is. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. What do you think you'd like to be able to achieve with, uh, with AI that you, you haven't already? What, what do you think that there, there is left to do with the technology? Well, we would like, and that's one of the reasons, you know, I'm launching that the global emerging artist is that at least we create or we find the next five uh, number one songs on worldwide charts. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that does giving a chance to anybody anywhere. Mm. 
Right, okay. That, that is quite a mission, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, on that bombshell, uh, I'll, I'll say thank you so much. One, one more small thing, uh, Michelle, and you're from Quebec. Do you prefer to speak English or French? Well, both makes no you know, really difference to me. You know, I'm, I'm born in Paris, so you know, I'll speak French when I have to, but you know, 99% of my business is in English. Yeah. So you know, I've done more my schooling in English than actually in French. Uh, uh, I'll do fr interviews in French if I have to, uh, but you know, English is, uh, I would say, more my working yeah. language. Your English is extremely good, so um, extremely well done. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. That was a wonderful conversation, and I will um, catch up with you again sometime, I'm sure, and um, it'll be great to see how this is going in a few months' time. Okay, where could I actually make people, my team, listen to what we just did? Is ah, there okay. a will be able to give them? Yes, absolutely. So you just look for uh, EdTech Innovators, and um, I shall put that in LinkedIn for you, and uh, it, sh it should appear on Tuesday next week. Okay. So EdTech Innovators, but I'll, I'll send you the link on LinkedIn. Oh, well, thank you very much, Peter. And as soon as I have the whole information on the... Uh, Emerging artists, I'll send you the, the link because we'll have a site, we'll have everything. So, you know, this way you'll know everything about it. Thank you so much. And many of my friends will be really, really interested in this as well. So thank you. All right. Thank you. Great. Rethinking the Rainbow is a crowdsourced ebook, And it is curated by Samantha Meir who's going to talk to us today. But first, a musical interlude. Yes. Hello again, Sam Mia. How are you? Hey, Pete. Yes, I'm good, thanks very much. How are you? Very, I'm very good. It's really good to speak to you again because I really enjoyed our previous two conversations. So this one's going to be even better. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope that my phone doesn't keep ringing this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. See, I've forgotten. <laughs> Now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> the full horror. No, I'm really joking. So, it's typical, uh, isn't it? Nobody rings you, and then as soon as you're doing something, your phone goes mad. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's something important, too. Exactly. So, first question What right. is Rethinking the Rainbow? Right. Well, um, Rethink the Rainbow is actually a, compila a, a compilation, or shall we say, a compendium of um, stories and other things, artwork and, and other media, um, which we've compiled. Um, effectively, it was done as a lockdown project, but it's just kind of really grown. Um, so we set off with the target of getting 20 contributions from 20 different people. Um, and it was really just stories about either resilience or lockdown or whatever. But obviously, because of the situation, it kind of became a, a, a bigger project and a lockdown project. But effectively, what it is now is not really what it started out to be. We now have a selection of books. So we have an ebook from children's authors, an ebook from adult authors. We have translations, we have biographies, we have loads of artwork, and we have loads of activities as well. But effectively, they're all centered um, around raising awareness about children's mental health. 
Interesting. So in terms of the relevance to this podcast, it, it's got a lot, hasn't it? So for, firstly, it's a, a crowdsourced multimedia project. And yeah. secondly, it's about well-being and, and promoting uh, positivity and so on. So um, okay. I like this already. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. We like it. It, it. it was really interesting the way that it went because it just was so organic. Mm. Um, I mean, we started off with an idea um about just to, to do an ebook effectively um, and that's literally what it was going to be and then at, as we kind of started sourcing stories obviously you start with your friends first right mm. um and we just started with our friends and then they started telling their friends and then they started telling their friends and obviously i went and did my uh, you know my um looking around on linkedin and shout outs on linkedin and it's just become so I mean the, the the value that you get for 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 for, for the minimum donation of nine ninety nine is just incredible. Mm. Um, but the most amazing thing was really the um, the diversity of of the stories and and, and things that came in. Um, it was really surprising, especially from kids, you know. Right. So it's lovely, and um, everybody should read it. Of course, they should. But um, I'm ready. It's my time for my difficult question now. So I'm ready for this. Yeah, go on. So, yeah, it's my sound effect. Um, Is that the drum roll? <laughs> difficult questions. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so my difficult question for you today, Sam, is um, you're a successful woman who's worked all over the world. Why are you doing this? Oh, God. Um, I, I, well, it really depends on how you define success for a start. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I've worked all over the world and whatnot, but I've worked with a lot of idiots and I've worked with a lot of people who are quite narcissistic and, you know, and all manner of other things. Um, and I've always really had an interest. I've always done, I'm not going to say philanthropic work as in, you know, Bill Gates kind of philanthropic work, but I've always done stuff when I've traveled and, and what have you. And basically it was just, it, it was because my, we found out about my godson who, um, who has always suffered from really quite bad anxiety, but during lockdown or when lockdown was announced, he just wouldn't leave his room. He wouldn't leave his bedroom. Um, and we just, you know, extrapolating that particular, you know, just one particular example into how it could be affecting all of the kids is, you know, was just terrifying. Mm. So um, when Emily rang me with the, with, with the idea and I just said, absolutely, why not? You know, what else are you going to do during lockdown? Really, that's no brainer, really, is it? I suppose. Yeah. So, so you had to from conception from this really nice idea to launch. How long did it take about to, to go from the idea? Seven to weeks. Ten weeks. Wow. Seven. Seven. No. Seven. Seven. Seven weeks. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven works for seven weeks from Emily um, ringing me with the idea. Um, I think it was the eleventh of April. She rang me with the idea. Hmm. Um, and we launched, or uh, disastrously launched, but launched nonetheless, um, on the 31st of May. Hmm. So it was like se seven weeks and a day um, okay. to launch. And, and we did it. We, we, we'd had, we, I mean, Emily's an author, um, so she had experience, but I'd never done a project like this at all before. Um, hmm. So it was, a, you know, it was a, a, a steep learning curve as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, used to, you're used to doing like project management, stressful stuff, aren't you, with multitasking and 
yeah. big thing. But this yeah. is uh, another level for you, isn't it? So um, sorry to sound like Piers Morgan, Sam, but what was <laughs> what was what was different? What was so disastrous about the launch? Oh, technically. Oh my word! Yeah. So because because the thing is that because it's a charity book um, and we're doing it we're doing it to raise money for grassroots children's charities and we were very specific about the kind of charities that we wanted. They had to be deal with children. They had to deal with children's mental health, um, and they had to be grassroots charities um, that got minimal or no funding. Um, and so because we wanted to be perfectly transparent with the money that's raised, um, we wanted to have it so that we, we, we can't touch the money at all. Um, and then the, you know, and we wanted it split equally as well. So, um, so it took quite a while to get, to get everything together, but then, um, Emily, bless her, um, she had all, all the technical stuff to do. Um, and it was literally um, a customer user experience that was the problem um, and we had a plan A which was PayPal via a, a just giving back end um, which we tested and worked perfectly fine um, and then we thought we'd get smart which is never which is never the best thing to do <laughs> um, and yeah and it, and it was just a horrific customer experience um, okay. and also a real rookie error, and, and I can't believe that I did this actually. And 10 days after the launch, right. um, yeah, we, 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 Emily and I were both in tears on several occasions. Oh, right. Oh, good. You're back. I think, I think you went a bit far away from the mic there for, for a oh, moment. Did you? Sorry. No, yeah. uh, uh, Emily and I were both uh, in tears on several occasions throughout oh, the yeah. 10 days. Oh, dear. So things are going better now, though, aren't they? Because you, you you had a second launch, and that went a bit a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean everything's working, or like technically, um, and you know we're kind of getting we, we're getting back on track. I mean the the main problem is that everybody is so fickle. Mm. So you know you gain all that momentum, um, and you you know you're really going. Um, you know, you're really going for it and you've got a lot of people interested and everything. You know, people were kind of like waiting to buy it. Um, and then, of course, you can't kind of do it. And then, you know, you know how fickle people are. And then, you know, they've forgotten about you and then they're going on to something else the following week. So, um, yeah, we didn't really do any ourselves any favours with it. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we hadn't done anything like this before. Um, and you can't but we've already beaten ourselves up about it enough so you know you've, you've yeah. got to move on haven't you <laughs> oh yeah and as you said it's a learning curve isn't it so what yeah. where are you going to take this next then given the, the experience that you've had you know good good and bad um well we're still um we're still going uh, we're still going along um with the with, with the original plan um in fact we um we've got some news coverage we've, we're still kind of like going for for some more news coverage and stuff. Um, but the idea was always to get it into schools um, to be used on the um, on the new kind of social PHSE curriculum. Um, and that's still the plan. Um, but the main lady, Kelly Hannigan and Vicky, who, um, as you know, Vicky, um, um, they're, of course, uh, back at school or mm. partly back at school. So, you know, it's not our, our area of expertise. So, you you know, you're kind of waiting on other people to, um, not that I'm saying that, you know, that, that 
we we kind of chasing Kelly because obviously we're not, you know, it's her full time job. But that's a, that's her level of expertise. So yeah. you need to when you're doing something that you haven't done before, you really need to make sure that you're doing it the right way. Um, yeah. And you know, and Kelly's brilliant at what she does. So mm. so that's so we're going to be doing uh, lesson plans to go with it. Um, and really just kind of get it into schools. Well, obviously looking at a September. So we'll do another launch, like a proper kind of launch towards September as well. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> yeah. degree educational experience now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can have that one on me. Yeah. And also, like, the, the brilliant thing is also what we've been doing um, is because I've lived all over the world and travelled, you know, all over the place and I've got friends all over the place. Um, we've just had the, a couple of the, the simple activities that require very little equipment to do. Um, tested over in, well, not tested, used um, over in Zambia and Uganda this week um with uh with with an or with a couple of orphanages um and they absolutely loved them because of course they've never seen anything like this before yeah wow um you know um and we got a lovely thank you letter from the orphanage in zambia which i posted on linkedin uh which was just phenomenal and and it's those kind of things you know it, it, you, I, I guess it's a bit like childbirth although i you know you kind of like forget all about the childbirth and then you just kind of like see the smiling face um and i guess it's it, you know it's a bit like that for us it's you know it's doing what it's supposed to do mm, absolutely <laughs> but, but, but without the uh, the medication oh well yeah yeah <laughs> that's a shame oh <laughs> very good <laughs> very good for the soul of course so um brilliant so how do people find this then um is, is it if, if you google it what happens um, well, the book's called Rethink the Rainbow. Um, again, we're kind of working on certain things. SEO, we're working on. Emily's just putting the blog part of the website together because, of course, she's also back back at work now, mm. um, you know, off furlough. So uh, mm. so the time's limited and I, I, I can't do the technical stuff. That's hers. Um, so we're working on the SEO, but um, you can go on to IamAgiantLeaper.com. So that's IamAgiantLeaper.com, um, and then and then you can buy it there. And it's a minimum donation of nine ninety nine. Um, we've just had one person bought today, actually, who's donated twenty quid, which is really nice. Nice. Um, it's going up. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, and one of the one, one of the girls actually from one of the charities because we've got four charities on board mm. um and one of the girls who wrote a poem called dreams um she's just done an essay for newsweek mm. so she's going to be published in newsweek so it's kind of also really empowering for the kids who contributed as well yeah um which, which is you know kind of the aim really isn't it it's to to give people a bit more confidence. Definitely, yeah. Um, are you going to, to keep the name? Or because you're sort of between two names, aren't you, at the moment? So if you Google it, you get I'm Giant Leaper. But, um, yeah, and... yeah. well, Rethink the Rainbow is the name of the book. I Am a Giant Leaper is actually uh, is actually the website. That's, that's Emily's kind of um, thing that we had before, which is the dyslexic, the, or the reading pack that Emily designed um, to help dyslexic children 
um, read. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, we keep in I Am a Giant Leaper, but the book is actually Rethink the Rainbow. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So, if you've got I Am Giant Leaper as well, with the look, honestly, it really is. And um, you, you find some great writing in there as well, wouldn't you? So, it's, it's a, a piece of writing that springs to mind. It's really oh, there's there are so many of them, but um, <clears throat> but me being me and doing my random reach outs, um, mm. as you know, as you as you know, um, that there's one particular one that um, is actually written by an adult, but it's uh, a memory of when he was a kid, um, and his dad was the first medical superintendent at Broadmoor, you know, the psychiatric mm. the, the psychiatric yeah. hospital. Um, and I tracked him down um, after seeing, um, after seeing a, a documentary on Broadmoor. Um, and he wrote us a little story about he, what he remembers about growing up in Broadmoor. Um, and his dad was the first medical superintendent who actually turned it from um, a punishment to actually turning it round into... Um, you know, um, re uh, rehabilitation mm. um, for for mental health, um, and I think it, that for me is one of the ones that really sticks in my mind purely because, you know, in the late sixties, that's when the attitude started changing, but we still have so far to go. Mm. Um, you know that that that's really one of the ma main ones that sticks out for me. And then also Jamie, uh, like Jamie Uppington, who's fifteen. He um, he's a public speaker now, and um, I met him at a student event um, a few months ago. Um, and he's his story, the superhero who wanted to fly away. Um, and Jamie is just a testament for you know if if you have dealing with the right people if you're hanging around with the right people um that you know what you can do and how the kid these kids can change their life wow um, okay it's just amazing yeah there's some real tear some real tear jerkers in there there's some really funny ones as well mm. um but there, there there are some real kind of you know real raw stories in there well, it's partly a creative enterprise, but partly a, a barometer of social change, isn't it? So, you know, it's really chronicling, chronicling what, what's, uh, what should be changing and what could be changing in, in our society. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a living social history. I mean, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't intend it to be um, a chronicle of, of lockdown. And essentially it's not because it's much broader than that. Um, but of course, a lot of, the, a lot of the contributions that we got from kids were about how they felt in lockdown, isolated from their friends. And, 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 and there's also, there's one from a little girl called Lily Myra, who's seven, um, and she wrote two. And, and it's a really interesting because she wrote the first one and she was so happy about spending time with her grandparents and, you know, a family and, and what have you. And, you know, mom and dad being at home all day. Um, and then she wrote one further in, to lockdown um where she was really sad because she was missing all her friends and mm. and all of that and it and you know and i mean i think the whole lockdown was a roller coaster for everybody yeah. um but it, that's just a really clear example of you know written by a seven-year-old maybe five weeks apart yeah that's right and i think i think many people are still unpacking it aren't they still trying to unpack it oh yeah yeah, and, and, and I don't, we probably will never know the fall, what the fallout is. I mean, 
obviously economically is a completely different issue but um you know as far as the youngsters what damage especially from those that have been in abusive households and mm. you know that kind of stuff during during the whole lockdown it's um just doesn't bear thinking about really it doesn't, it doesn't. No. yeah well that's, that's pretty, so just to wrap it up this is this has been so inspirational sam and i really appreciate you talking to me and it's great to catch up at last with the, i know yeah it's been time or anything like that so, <laughs> Um, but one more thing, um, where would you recommend to live in the world? Where's the best place that you've lived in the world? Oh, God, that's such a ridiculously difficult question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you again? Oh, no, it, it always, um, no, because it, it, it really depends. I mean, you know, in, in, in the, when I lived in Southeast Asia in the 90s, I would have said Southeast Asia, but then I lived... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really all depends. It's horses for courses. I mean, I really enjoyed living in the Middle East, but it's not for everybody. Mm. Um, you know, but South America's next on my, uh, that, that, that's my next adventure. Oh, excellent. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the, uh, the latest sound effect. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. We'll, so I'll stop recording now and we'll catch up again soon, hopefully. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. No, I will. I'll um, I'll definitely keep you posted um, on what's going on. We do have quite a lot of things in the ether, but uh, just nothing's kind of fully formed yet. So we don't. But having learnt from from a failed launch, we don't want to start shouting our mouth off until we've got it in the bag. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely stay in touch. You you you, you ruddy well, well. That's what, that's what I say. So uh, absolutely. <laughs> thanks again, Sam. You take care of yourself. That's brilliant. Thanks ever so much. Take care. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, it's a podcast about podcasting with Phil Paluccia. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. See you soon. Take care. See you later.